and we're live! Hello everyone and welcome to episode 95 of Fans of Power. I am Joe, no nickname Amato, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Tyler T-Rex Baker. What's going on, T-Rex? Oh, you're the VIP of the MOC. The VIP, yeah, I don't, I'm not quite sure what any of that would probably stand for for me, but... Uh, the first well. of Men on Card. <laughs> Men on Card, okay. I guess it can work, whatever you can do to float in there, because usually, like I said, nicknames no, don't the work with you. The MOC, I like that. I copyrighted that. Okay, well, hey, that kind of does have a flow out of it. I kind of like that. I'll, I'll, of course I, you do. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take yeah, that. Yes, so there, there, there will be no more of these, you know, what the hell can I call them now to sound witty and clever and funny and then fall flat on my face here. It'll be the VIP of the MOC. <laughs> All right. I like it, man. So, uh, well, you recover from earlier? Because you, you did a po- podcast earlier today with Larry Dear Houston, God, which was man, fantastic. I, I was so drained, of, like, emotionally from that interview. I just, you know... It, it, it was uh, quite exhilarating to answer for people who don't don't know what I'm talking about. We interviewed Larry Houston again, and and um, for uh, fans of Mutant Power, a, a spinoff episode about his uh, time on the X Men animated series. Just got tons and tons of info answered about that, as well as on other uh, um, appearances of the X Men and other animated series that he worked on. And he'll be coming back for another edition of that as well. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm uh, I mean, of course, I'm always psyched to, to do him no matter what, but that, that was emotionally draining because of all the excitement that went on in that one. Yeah, so I thought I, I was going to be I here by myself. I ready to, to uh, head back to Eternia. Today. All right, I thought I was going to maybe be by myself talking, but, well, we got you here, so that's good. You got your energy back, so. I'm ready for double impact. There you go. Pretty good move. Yeah, Van Damme's movies, the early ones are good. Then they started hitting, going down, but you know how that is. Yeah, great to video stuff as I'm watching. Yeah, same thing with uh, Seagal. But, uh, well, first, I wanted to say hello to JSP in the chat room and also a happy belated birthday to JSP in the chat room. So, happy belated birthday. birthday. Yep, indeed. And also, I want to give an early birthday shout out to our buddy Paul Rudman. It's going to be his birthday this Tuesday. So, happy oh, birthday, happy Paul. Happy birthday there, Paul. Yeah, so we got a lot of birthday stuff going on. We got belated. We got stuff coming up. So, you know, the Masters fans are in full force, and they're they're here with us. I kind of like that we do birthday shows, kind of like the local news. Like when they send in pictures of, like, these senior citizens, you know, you know, uh, Gertrude Arthur is, is 105 today, and Arthur McMillan is 102 today. They, it's always, like, photos of, like, senior citizens, but that's what makes me think we're doing here, you know? I was going to say something. Hey, we're the only human podcast that wishes happy birthdays to our listeners. So, you know, that, that's something you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, belated and to come. But, oh, now they got to feel like, oh, now they're going to feel like senior citizens. Okay, that's just, what I'm, that's just what I'm thinking. People who watch their local news, maybe it's just my area, but, like, the local news, they'll have, like, birthdays for, you know, either, like, little, little toddlers that are turning – or little kids that are turning five or senior citizens who are over the age of 100, <laughs> you know, or something like that. And I, I, I used to, like – wonder if my picture's ever going to be on the news when it's my birthday. And, of course, no one ever thinks to send my picture into local news, you know. But that's, that's just what makes, makes me think. Maybe it's like that, you know, completely different in other places. Oh, yeah, I'm sure everyone's got something different. But, uh, Who does well, anyway. have happy birthday from other He-Man fans, though? Yep, and they both said thanks. We have them in the chat room with us, so they both wanted to say thank you. And, hey, it's no problem. It's our pleasure. We got Grim Dagon. He's in the chat room also, and he gave a happy birthday to them both. So got some people cool. up here in the chat room with us. So, well, like I said, there's, there's a few topics today. This first one, you never know. It depends. It could go long. And, heck, everybody in the chat room, if you want to join in with your, you know, uh, choices, too, we want to do something a little different. We, we figured we would mention, not mention, discuss 
what action figures from back in the 80s did you really wish would have been in the cartoon? Now, of course, we wish there would be all of them. You know, I would have loved to have seen them all. But I, I put something to Tyler. I mean, you know, we're going to do this back and forth. We can only pick one heroic warrior that we would have loved to have seen in the cartoon more than anything from the vintage toys. One evil warrior and one horde member. Of course, there's not many choices from the horde members. But, I mean, this was spinning in my head. I'm, and I have them by me just in case because I don't want people saying, oh, man, you guys, you know, had this set up to who said what first. But I told Tyler, I said, I have my figures right here. So he knows I'm not lying. And if we say the and same thing. I don't thing, have figures set up here. So I, I'm going by what I had already chosen ahead of time. All right. Well, like I said, there's just so many things because, like I said, I can let, let me ask you about this too. Now, is this going along the guidelines of when we were kids and didn't yes, know no, who was we in kids. it or not? Because Thank for you me, for saying that. no, I'm glad you said that. Thanks for saying that. This is as if we were kids because um, Tyler was saying along the lines of, well, Joe, you know, the cartoon would have been over by the time some of the later waves came out. But remember, me and Tyler had different ways that we uh, experienced the cartoon, if you will. Me, I was with it as it was on TV, thinking it was still going to keep coming on with new and new episodes. Tyler loves the stories. Of course, I'm always telling about the video rentals. But me, you know, when it came around 86, 87, even 88, you know, you'd have syndication of the cartoon. And just because, you know, like I said, you'd see it on TV and there's reruns. We didn't know because we didn't have internet and stuff. We didn't know the cartoon was canceled. I was like I was telling Tyler, and I'm sure maybe some of you guys can experience this too. I always remembered wanting a new episode to come out of He-Man. And I remember the first time I seen, you know how it always says, and only three others share this secret. And in the original first season, it has just text. But then in season two, it would show the sorceress, man-at-arms, and Oracle standing there in that collage photo. So the first time I seen that. That's Texas Hal Sutherland, by the way. Uh, well, I know. I'm just, oh, there you go. See, <laughs> Tyler's there. He's there to give you everything. But I remember when I seen that first splash picture, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be something new. It's going to be something new. So I was giddy. And then as time passed on, you know, I'm always waiting. I was like, okay, what do we got? And then you seen Hal Sutherland. I was like, oh, son of a gun. It's going to be one of those old repeat episodes. And then you would wait again. And eventually you'd see the collage picture. Like, is it going to be new again? So like I said, this is not under the oppression of what we know now. It's just, if we were kids, we had these toys. That and... changed the whole dynamic of what, of, uh, because as a kid, you know, I didn't know Too Bad was in the episodes. I, that was, that was, that is, which I'm going to have to, I'm just addressing this because Too Bad as a child, I never saw in the, in the cartoon and it was my number one. Okay. And Fisto was my number one heroic warrior, which I, I eventually would see Fisto when I was in fifth grade in, um, uh, uh, to save Skeletor. That was the first time I ever saw Fisto in the cartoon. Okay. But that was in fifth grade, and we're talking 94, 95. Okay, well, hey, I mean, so I'm just way, telling you, this, you know, I'm answering this as an adult, but basically, well, hey, I didn't. I might have been, okay. I could maybe have not explained that to you as well as I should. I thought you meant, you know, our choices now, can we choose of things that would have been back then, before, you know, like when it was canceled and then here came new figures or did you mean something along the lines of as a kid doing it? But no, I mean, you could say it right now as an adult, just have your choice. Well, that's what I have to, because I mean, the, I mean, the characters that I really wanted to show up did eventually show up too bad. was in it as, as bad okay. as his appearances were, but. All right. Uh, well, your choice. Well, like I said, I'm going to hold these people in the chat room's choices after I say ours, because we got some shooting in right now. But, uh, oh, God, I can't believe it. Uh, Paul Redman, 
Son of a gun. All right. Well, anyways, I'm going to say my first, and I'm having them right here, and I'll explain why. I'm going to say my hero after I'm done saying why. You can say yours, but I'm picking Clamp Champ. The reason I picked Clamp Champ, see, I had a lot of other choices. I was thinking Extendar because I was like, man, it'd be great to have this other super powerful, but then I just said that. We had plenty of super powerful, you know, characters. I mean, you know, you could think Rain Man was brute strength. I mean, beyond He-Man, it's like, okay, it's kind of been done. So you would start looking at others and real blast. But I was like, we had characters that did a lot of shooting and guns and everything. But when you have Clamp Champ, not, not only do you have diversity and you're finally having, you know, more, you know, ethnic races, you're having a diversity, you're having white, black, you're having more. It's good to see multicultural, you know, things in the world of Master Universe. But you also have a character that has, as you know from the comics, like super senses. Remember when Ninjor tried to attack him, and then Clamp Champ just caught that arrow and snapped it like nothing. You have a bodyguard. You have somebody's super senses. You have this cool thing that would have been cool to see this in action with the clamp going or something. So I think he would have been a really refreshing character to have in the cartoon because he wouldn't be like everybody you've already seen with the same kind of powers. He's a hero that would have a cool background and also have different powers compared to the other you know, heroic warriors. So Clamp Champ... He's my heroic choice, and it's funny. That's exactly what Paul Rudman said was Clamp Champ. So <laughs> go ahead. What is yours, Tyler? Oh, boy. I got to love the support for the Master of Capture because Clamp Champ was the first one that came to mind the minute Joe suggested this. And okay. I even said it because Joe was just like, you know, we may have the same ones. I'm like, I don't think we're going to have the same ones for for the Heroic War because I figured Joe's going to pick Extend Our Rio Blast. And, and I was he, he's going to be clamp champ. I mean, it's just that it was just a no brainer for me. It was just just a, a character that I I have had a soft spot since I saw him on the the cross sale art on the back of the Faker packaging. Um, okay. So I, I um I'm always going to and I, it just makes me feel good that there's continuous support for the master of capture. Uh, clamp champ and I, I just I, I always hated when people would dismiss him as well, you don't do anything and I just want to you know, smack the hell out of him you know especially if they've seen the mini comic they know what he does and they know his powers that, that's a typical lazy fanboy uh, answers to everything you know they don't know anything because it's so much easier to sit there and say something as naive as that without doing the research so plus the, the guy the guy's he just he's like it's like Carl Weathers, you know, he's like a, a a big, big, muscular black dude. You know, I mean, who the hell wouldn't want to see something like that next? You know, fighting alongside He Man and Fisto. I, I just, he'd, he'd have been a perfect addition to to the formations there's and NYP, especially if he's voiced by Keith David or Michael J. White. <laughs> right, but, right. Um, that, yeah, that Clan Champ is 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 um is my choice. Yeah, there. and it. it oh. I love this. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Joe, for selecting. That's, a, that's amazing. But no, it's, I mean, Malaktha, don't get me wrong. It's great. That, I mean, it's great we had Malaktha and he was black. And, no, but I meant a heroic No, boy. yeah, like, that's what I meant. I was. Garner is going to be, you know, the king of his own kingdom. He's not going to be fighting alongside him. And we, you know, we need clans. That, that's what I it's mean. Not, it's just, he's a cool looking character. It, it's, it's not something of uh, the, 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 the 
the plagueness of we got to pander and everything like that. No, Clan Champ is a badass looking character. I've always thought that. I always want to know more about him. Right, because that's what I mean. When you had Malakva, it wasn't enough. He's an archaeologist, and it was great that you had somebody finally black. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't he's a great color character. Child. Right, no, but what I mean character. is, it's I great like that you Malakva. have him. You know, it's I mean, it's great. Malakva was in there. Like I said, you had somebody black. He's a new character. He has a purpose with what he does in the cartoon. But we finally would have somebody in action doing something that would be a constant heroic warrior always there with He-Man and them and adventures with Buzz Off and Mechanic and Mossman or whoever else, you know? That's what, why I would have just been that. Mossman team up. That's what we need to see. Clam Champ and Mossman team up. Been, and then maybe if Stinkor popped up eventually in the cartoon, but, well, what, what, all right, we're to, well, that, that's the heroic warrior. But now I'm going to let you take the choice of the evil warrior. What's your choice of evil warrior? Hmm. This one is, is kind of tossed around a little bit. And and really, there. You know, I told Joe, I said, well, most of the evil warriors made it for the most part. I mean, most, not all, obviously. Right, not all. But um, I'm, I'm kind of torn between two here at the moment. Um, all right. But... Um, Uh, I feel like one of those things where I'm like, no, wait. <laughs> yeah, well, you can pick one. You'll get one. Well, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Instinct was Ninja. Okay. Uh, just because I, I, you know, the other other was Stinkor. Oh, so, um, yeah. All right. Yeah, but, and I and I never felt it was justified why they decided we, we're not going to do Stinkor because it's a human fart joke and the, the kids won't get it. As if, like, kids don't like the idea of a fart joke, but... Why the hell is Stinkor immediately thought of as a fart joke in filmation? I thought it was just stupid logic. But the Ninjor. No, Ninjor is, is my choice because the character is it's a ninja. A ninja in the heyday of the especially the early eighties and into the mid to late eighties where the ninja craze was, you know, out of control with, you know, ninja films all over the place. All and, over uh, the place, exactly. Especially martial arts. Look at your poster yeah. and backing bro. That was all about martial arts movies too, so yeah, so uh, it, it's, it, having Skeletor you know, call upon Ninjor to his council table in filmation, I mean, it just seems like a, a, a no-brainer, you know. We plus we want to set up that 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 fantastic feud between Clan Champ and Ninjor, and why not do it in filmation as well, you know? Right, right. They're always bound to fight. I mean, if it, if it yes. isn't from the comics or if it isn't from a card back or something, you're right. They're they're going to be fighting one way or another. Absolutely. So that is my choice. So. uh Jojo? Well, I I got my guy here, but I was thinking of Ninja. I almost grabbed him because I was like, okay, man, we could have Ninja. It'd be great to have somebody stealth and in the shadows. It would be cool. I was even debating, like I said, even movie characters to pop into the cartoon. If you had Blade or you had Sorod. Yeah, but- I, I- I, it never it never occurred to me to make sure that the, the movie characters showed up. I just, I, it's... Of course, I'm always. I'm made, Still would have been cool. Would have been cool. Would have cool. Yes, I just it, it never even occurred to me to even select you know Blade or Sorod or Gwildor. Right. Well. Okay. Well, the guy I have here is because again, somebody that would have been different. Somebody that could have brought the fright into all of the masters. That's Scareglow. I was I was right between Scareglow and Ninja uh, most of the time. But I was like, 
I gotta go with Scareglow. I think it would just have been so cool to see him in filmation form, and if they could have the effect of him, like, glowing in the dark, and you would have just seen, like, you know, the rib effect and everything, and plus frightening maybe He-Man into submission at some part. That would have been different. You love seeing the heroes vulnerable, because then it makes that episode more suspenseful. So I could have just imagined seeing Scareglow frighten He-Man to drop his power sword or something, and maybe he could have got a hold of the power sword and could have had control of that, gave it to Skeletor, anything, but I think he could have brought up some cool little dynamics in the cartoon. Would they have used him as cool as we probably would have liked? No, of course they wouldn't. If he would have probably got the hammer. No, he, he'd come in and, and been camped up since you know I'm sure he would have been used in the the latter part of the series. And we, as we all know, most of the villains got dumbed down from too bad to to Spike or you know, everybody. And, yeah, because they couldn't be frightening. Everybody got played with that that moronic mentality of. Slipping on banana peels and just cowering in fear at everything. So yeah, you know, but but it, I guess it's 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 fun to think about it having appeared had filmation maintained that first season approach where, oh. you know, I mean we're not afraid to be scary to the kids. We're not afraid to be bold and and, and tough and and, and not uh, not be so so silly. And with the music, the atmosphere, the music of some of the earlier episodes had was kind of a little more frightening. Like music from House of Chakotay, I picture that like when you're you're cutting to a scene where Scareglow is plotting, or he's watching, or looking at the royal palace from a distance, and you hear that that kind of uh, that very kind of scary type music when when the the camera pans and sees Raman guarding the the, the door to Chakotay's house. That's what I think of with with Scareglow is approaching the royal palace. The moon is risen. And he's just waiting to go in there and just haunt the hell out of the entire royal palace and just scare everybody to death. Oh, right. Yeah, that would have been cool. Oh, boy. Man, man, well, you and me need to be writing more Formation episodes. That, man, this is just this is just gold. Just a simple episode of him going in there and scaring the piss out of everybody. Then he, man, you know, Adam gets his stuff together, gets the power sword, and unleashes hell, and then they go duking it out with the, with the power sword against his staff. Oh, well, hey, if there's anything we got to convince James E. Tuck to do is after his Faker cartoon comes out to work on a Scareglow cartoon. Let this be the next one. Yes, yes, yes. Busta, we, 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 we need you to put together a Scareglow uh, episode. I, I don't know. Just, you know, I, I don't know. Get – now, Joe, pronounce his name for us correctly. <laughs> well, I'll just say his last name if you want to say Mitrovich. Mr. No, you can say his last okay, name. Okay, Dusan Mitrovich. All right, Dusan. Yeah, we, we we need to get Deucen's talents together to see if he can take part of Skeletor and adapt a, a Scareglow motif on him. You know, since they probably would reuse stock on on that or something, something to that extent. And some, but yeah, that, that's what we yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. So, all right, well, that's our choices on evil. Real quick, let me just say in the chat room, we got Jeremy Dewitt. What's up, Jeremy? It's good seeing you here in the chat room. With yeah. Us. Well, he said he actually wanted to see the different versions of He Man Skeletor. He said, like, Battle Armor, Flying Fist, Dragon Blaster, etc. And what's funny... I that, too, as a kid. And what's funny is me and Tyler, I forgot, we are going to pick our most wanted variant into the cartoon. So, good he said that. But then after that, he said, um... Otherwise, he said, I say Scared Low, Mosquito, and Wonder Bread He-Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Wonder Bread He-Man. Wonder He-Man. <laughs> what a he did, waste of a choice there, Jeremy. He, well, he put a ha-ha after it. I think it's an inside joke. Anything so, well... <laughs> So, no, I like it. I like that choice. Let me see. Um, Eric Amon said some of his favorites were, well, he said some of his favorite figures were Battle Armor He-Man and Skeletor, Thunder Punch He-Man with the caps. 
He says, you don't recall ever appearing in the cartoon. He says, that would have been amazing. You keep that in mind. I might have something to say about that. So uh, we'll have that to keep in mind. Now, um, I'll go to the Horde. Now, the Horde, there's not many characters. There's um, two. There's two choices of Horde characters to appear. So I sat there and I had to think again. And I'll tell you why I picked Dragstore. The reason I picked Dragstore is I was going to say, I was thinking Mosquito, which is very cool. But I thought, you know what? Not that they're the same, but Mosquito, you know, he would like suck you to where he drain your energy and make you dizzy. I know where this is going. And, you know, I'm going to say Leech. You got Leech who already kind of drained your power, makes you weak. So I was like, eh. I mean, even though, trust me, Mosquito, I think it'd be cool to have in that blood effect if they would have did it in the chest in the cartoon, but they probably wouldn't have. But that's why I picked Dragstore. I was like, well, Dragstore, again, you have somebody that not only is a super powerful character, it would be cool to see this guy getting down to maybe if he had to do something and zooming across Etheria as quickly as he could, knocking out some of the Great Rebellion, but getting him from this spot to this spot. You know, when Hordak needs something done and he needs somebody quick, he's going to call Dragstore because not only is he obviously strong and powerful, but he's the quickest of all their members. So I thought he would have brought a different element to the Horde to where it's something that you wouldn't have seen. Because Mosquito, since he doesn't have the wings, which I still thought would have been cool to see Mosquito with wings, you know, he, I just felt like, okay, he's just another member of the Horde where he grabs you, sucks you, touches you, whatever. With Dragstore, you don't know when he's going to hit you. He's strong. That's why I picked Dragstore. I think Dragstore would have been a refreshing character choice for the Horde. I figured Dragstore's voice would probably be like much like Chopper from Bionic 6, who was the, the, the motorcycle specialist from Dr. Scare's group. And whenever he would talk, he would, he would talk with a rum, 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 rum kind of motif to his <laughs> And that's what they I, would do. Yep. And I figured that's what Dragster would do, but probably with more of a robotic tone, because I figured this guy is going to sound like Mechanic and Disappearing Dragons, like a really robotic, uh, evil voice, and always probably has like a, a room, room kind of sound effect when he talks, you know? Like he can't is that wait. your choice then? Would he have been your no, choice? No, that was not my choice, no. Oh, so you're going with Mosquito. Okay, well, obviously. Mosquito was going to be my choice because, you know, you could easily set up this this budding of heads between Leech and Mosquito being that Leech has been with Hordak for a while, and here he, he creates this brand-new insectoid cyborg, you know, character that kind of does the same thing, but probably to a certain extent does it more efficiently than Leech. So you got a, a conflict of interest with Leech feeling, you know, you know, betrayed and bothered that Hordak has, has done, went and, and created something that does what he does, but even better. Then you got a budding of heads between two Horde members and possibly even Leech throwing the scent so the Rebellion and she can kick the Horde's ass in this particular episode and stop Mosquito simply because he feels a bit bothered that Hordak has tried to, you know, create something and, and to, that, you know, kind of cancels out Leech's powers. Or just that fun idea of two of Hor two of Hordak's, you know, henchmen just constantly fighting with each other. You know, who could who could one up? You know, who who can take out you know, more of the realm? I mean, there's a lot of fun to be had with just with that that very idea you played off, which I had not thought of prior to you saying that. Okay. So but just the simple idea, I think he would look really, really awesome in filmation, you know, walking around and draining various people uh you know I, I think it would be cool if he did fly much like in star comics you know that's why i brought it up i wish he yeah. just has like these, these rocket boosters in his boots and he grabs a hold of people takes them up in the air drains them of their energy and then just drops them you know 
and, and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, that, that would be a lot of fun to be have with me. And drag store is an excellent choice too. I mean, it, it, there's, I mean, you know, one is no better than the other. There's a lot of fun to be had with both of those characters. So, um, I mean, no, I mean, they both would have been great in the cartoon. Yeah. And especially, like you said, if there would have been additions and, and if there would have been no restrictions of too much, you know, corniness or goofiness, if they could have been a little yeah, less. Yeah, if it was, and, and there's a lot of Shira episodes that do have a lot of good, you know, more of a serious tone. Oh, sure. Uh, the stories that not all of them are, you know, are, are light and fluffy and more targeted towards girls. There's a lot of them that you can watch and you feel like this is a great action adventure story. And, oh, uh, and it's not the fault of the cartoon. It's just like you said, it's at the times of when it was passed, when, you know, they said the cartoons were evil and they had to make them a little more lighthearted. So no, it's not the fault of Shira yeah. itself and cartoon. It's just, Hey, it happened to the second season of masters of the universe. Also, they got started the same out, started out relatively serious. And then it just, you know, takes a big torpedo dive down into, you know, cotton candy. Right. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's not the fault of Shiva's she cartoon itself. But yeah, no. Mosquito, or if they could have gave him some additional, like I said, wings, it would have been cool to see a blood effect, you know, when he first did that the first time, you know, and you could have seen it like pulsating in his chest. I think it also feels like an energy buildup. Like once he gets his chest completely filled up with what looks like blood, he is at full strength. Yeah, yeah. yeah instead of making it, making it obvious that it's blood, he could kind of maybe tone down that effect just for filmation purposes. And, and just, just have a red like, meter going up. Like constantly raising up with what looks to be more blood. I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of spitballing stuff. That maybe way, that could even be a cool little feature. What if, you know, like you said, we're talking about the wings. What if once he does fill up all the way and gets his superpower max capacity, the wings would sprout out these crazy electronic wings that gave him extra strength and abilities to fly and do something. If he could like fill this thing up, that would be weird. Then once it drains, maybe that part of his body, because remember he's created by Hordak. So maybe there's just certain features that can only be activated when he's fully charged. Like a lot of Hordax gadgets, when they're charged fully, they work different. And of course, when they're not, then they're not at full power. That could have been a different. I don't like that idea at all, Joe. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> He's like, I don't like it. I like it. That's how it usually is. No, but, I'll just right. let Joe keep going and going and going and going and going. Just like, eh, nah. He's like, nah. And then, oh, I'm messing. I like it. All right, cool. All right. Well, now, uh, well, if we're going to talk about some of the variants real quick of which ones, if I would have liked to see out of the three, you know, and the thing is, I told Tyler, the reason I didn't pick King Hit, Ping, pick King Hits as the evil warrior, you know, even though he's a snake man, I just thought, Oh God, if I bring this and that brings in all the elements of all the snake men, and then maybe if he was able to get the snake men from Horror to come know, with him. To like canceling, yeah. like not doing the, the snake men did not make any sense to me when you told me this. I'm like, what? I just thought it would just, well, I, like I said, because then I, what, what if I said, okay, what, what favorite snake man would you want? Of squeeze, course, everybody... squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Which, I mean, but then the thing is, it's like you. Because they probably would have shown up as a hordesman anyway. I know, but that's what I mean. I, I felt like I wanted King Hiss because then he could have all the Snake Men with him and you got oh, the I'm new faction. I'm, I'm, I'm disobeying your rules here. For all the Snake Men fan, my pick is Squeeze. It's always going to be Squeeze, even over King Hiss because Squeeze is my favorite Snake Man. And my favorite Snake Man is Snake Face. That's the one I love the most, but I feel like, dang it, if you have them, you have to have their leader. So he has to be there. If and then we have to have Lasher or Rattler in the She-Ra cartoon, why do we have to? I mean, and would you perfect, King Hiss, we would have King Hiss, and they would not be a member of the Horde, period. However, if we're going by the guidelines of what was in the cartoon, to bring in Squeeze with a Horde emblem on his chest as opposed to the Green Snake, who am I to argue? <laughs> Shoot, especially within the comics and mini-comics, we've had him on different members of the team and everywhere, too. Well, so, yeah, he I mean, you're right. 
and the uh, the star comics when the mosquito shows up. You know, there you go. That's what I mean. So you're right. You pretty much could have wrote him in there. So there you go. So that's another quick bonus. But as for the variants, with He-Man with his battle armor, thunder punch, flying fist, I'll admit in the cartoon, I wouldn't have flipped over seeing him battle armor He-Man. Like if you got hit and it changes, yippee, I don't care. Flying fist with just kind of the quick little motion, I'll be honest, I wouldn't have cared. But to see a thunder punch, to see him maybe when he did that for the first time, and how remember, it's supposed to be you punch here, but you feel it over there. And what if you heard that sound? I mean, I think Thunder Punch He-Man would have been the coolest of all the variants to be in the cartoon. So that's my choice for the He-Man variants. Thunder Punch He-Man. Well, Yours. my choice is Battle Armor He-Man. Well, that stinks. That stinks. That's boring. Dude, look at the different the animations. First, you see He-Man punch all the time in the cartoon. Second of all, the battle armor looks so damn cool anyway. Yeah, Just be looking cool. at that armor, I mean, even if the whole punch, I mean, as if anybody was going to get close enough to actually punch He-Man in the chest. But to see, you know, to see him and Skelter maybe duking out in a, you know, power against power, much like Evil in his plot, where they both have, have gotten a hold of the exact same armor, you know, whereas uh. he punch He-Man... No, you know, just a dent, and we're playing the same thing with He-Man punching Skeletor, just a dent, you know, kind of thing. But I just whoever like reaches two dents first loses. Yeah, whoever gets two dents first loses. Oh, the battle armor may be terrible. I hate the battle armor. This, this, all right, Joe, just stop everything. No, no, it's terrible. The battle, there, the there battle armor no two punches here, trying to be specifically just like the toy here. It's so, terrible. It just, it just looks cool. I always thought the battle armor would look so cool in formation. So. I think the Thunder Punch armor and his outfit. But I like Thunder Punch and Flying Fist. I think all three of them would look good, to, regardless of what JoJo says here. Picture, picture Skeletor. Sk- Hold cool. up a second. You got, you got Skeletor across one side or something like, you know, like, all right, He-Man, what are you going to do, you know, all the way over there? And that's when He-Man will punch Skeletor from... Block away, two blocks away. Bam, he hits him like that. That's a cooler effect. Then. Let's see who can do the best with our battle armor damage. So forget the battle armor. Okay, all right, now you go with Skeletor. Who's which Skeletor? Are you going to pick battle armor Skeletor for your? Yes, I am. I'm picking battle armor Skeletor. Uh, gosh. Okay, and probably from the same premise of He Man. So there, okay, let's. Because it, no, it's simply because it just looks awesome. I, I just, I like the look of the. Now, now, uh, my favorite variants, though, you know, I think my favorite variant of He-Man is Flying Fist, like toy-wise. But in the cartoon, I would want to see battle armor of both of them. Um, you know, the, the Flying Fist, I mean, that was a fun toy in the battle armor. I remember when I first well, it just, it really I'm, I'm talking, Essentially, it's from a visual standpoint. The, the chrome with uh, the chrome chest piece with the red emblem and the, the, the Flying Fist and the spinning shield and the different color scheme of, like, the brown and white boots. And it's just... It just looks really. I mean, of course, all all the, there's not a single variant in the He-Man toy line, the Ventus toy line, that does not look good. All oh, all the toys. I mean, no, they were all great. I mean, like I said, yeah, I love all, the gimmick every one of them. There's something very very specific about the battle armor for both Skeletor and He-Man that I just find it just. I think as a kid, I I, I had an affinity for. But I had battle armor Skeletor, but I didn't have He-Man, and I really wanted battle armor He-Man, and I I never saw Thunder Punch. I had PJs of Thunder Punch. But I didn't have the figure, and I had the fl- I saw Flying Fist on the back of uh, some of the mini comics, and I didn't think it was very cool because he didn't come with a power sword. So I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. He didn't come with a power sword. I'm going to appreciate it as an adult. But there's something very specific and and visually striking about the battle armor on, on Skeletor and and he. I mean, you go to look at a lot of the box art, 
and promotional stuff with him and wearing the battle armor. It just it's very striking to me. It just no, no, looked- no, it is it is cool. I mean, as for the toy, I, I mean, I remembered out of all the variants of He Man. I mean, I did love Thunder Punch Death because I love loading up the cap. I love that explosion sound, that pop, and then the smell of that kind of like sulfurous smell. But and the yellow power sword looked cool, and the, and the different different shaped shield, the, the chrome shield, yeah. shield. It, it just it looks awesome. I mean, that's a. Uh, yeah, they are. I mean, they're all great variants. But as for now, we'll go to Skeletor. You picked the battle armor, but I thought it would have been cool to have the Dragon Blaster. I know a lot of people thought I was going to say Terror Claws because of my affinity of horror and Freddy Krueger, maybe. But no, I think to have you know, Dragon Blaster, especially if that dragon could have been, you know, since it's a pet on a chain, could have, you know, even have been something that came off separate to where maybe it could have went out and attacked and sprayed and then paralyzed some of the enemies got back on Skeletor. Not only could it be with them, but it could have been used as its own little side little creature to do attacking and do bidding for Skeletor. So I think that would have been a really cool thing to see in the cartoon would have been him with his dragon. I, and I could have seen him as like kind of treating that dragon as like Hordak does with Imp. Like always like, you know, you know, always encouraging this little dragon or praising him. You know, and, and, and just, you know, kind of like his little buddy on his shoulder, you know, much like how he would treat Panthor, he would treat this dragon, you know, as an equivalent to Panthor, you know, someone, a, a very loyal beast to Skeletor that will, you know, stick by his side and, and always attack anything that's, that could be threatening to Skeletor. So the, that would look awesome as well in Filmation. Yeah. And I can see All Filmation right. having a lot of fun with that little dragon. Oh, and they could. It's a shame again. We didn't get him, but. Now we'll just go to the Hordax. Which Hordax would you have chose? Uh, Hurricane. Hurricane? Just because of like yeah. the different attachments and the gold the kind of look or what? In the cartoon, I mean, that was one of his gimmicks. It was, you know, I mean, he even had a an attachment that turned into a buzz saw in Talent for mm-hmm. Trouble. So, he you had know, a lot, it, he? It, it's yeah. more and more, more or less, in, I guess if I had, had, I mean, I think Hordax, they're, they're both fine. They're, they're, they're not bad at all, but I feel like his are probably the most the weakest of the of the the lead variants because you know i mean well i'll take that back hurricane because that's about as close as we got to what he does in the cartoon with the various arm attachments and having so, the cannon kind of arm too, yeah. saw is, it's just a it's a hidden accessory inside his chest there's not a whole like you know oddly enough i hate variants with a passion today but back then i looked at it and like there's not a whole lot to it other than it's just their, your standard regular Hordak with a chest plate that pops open and the, and the blade comes flying out, which, you know, it's still a cool accessory. I think from a visual standpoint, I'm picking Hurricane and the VAC metal, the different oh, attack. Yeah. It just, it gives it a good feel. But I, I totally, I'm not knocking Bustle because I, I, I completely understand why people like Bustle Hordak, though. Mm-hmm. So. No, because, I mean, now, like you said, Hurricane Hordak, you're right. He has the attachments. He has the gun cannon, just like the cartoon, so he felt close to that. But he does have that really nice back metal gold armor. How they would have got that effect in the cartoon could have been different. It's still, you know, what it looks like if they could have pulled it off. I guess with me, with the buzzsaw thing, as for all the for the variants when I played as a toy, don't get me wrong, I love doing the spinning feature with Hurricane. But I remember when I first got Buzzsaw Hordak, I thought it was so cool because... Like, you know, you could put him next to the other Hordak and he looked kind of similar. You knew the difference because there was a different way the bat is and the belt and everything. But I remember the first time I popped that cape in the back and that chest opens up and then you pull down further and that buzz all and boom. It was just so cool. Again, it was something that I would use where I always flicked and would knock down warriors. As how that would be used in the cartoon, they can maybe try something like 
buzz saws or way it could come back to them. Yeah. You know, you're right. There's not many like dazzling a things. Boomerang uh, buzz saw. A, a I, buzzer I, kid, because I, I love the the the, the the robo uh, robotic drone that popped out of the T-Rex's stomach. Love that. I loved love playing that. that as a kid. So had I been exposed to Bustle Hordak as a little guy, I probably would have really taken to Bustle Hordak a lot because I, I liked that drone popping out and flying all over the place very much. So the Bustle would have been something I, looking back at, I definitely would have been all about. Yeah, like you said, I mean, when they're toys, they're great. When you think about how they transition to cartoon, it makes it a little bit different. And it is. It's unfortunate we never got any of those variants. All right, I'm going to add on to what we're talking about here. Okay. Which of the vehicles, which which heroic vehicle and which evil warrior vehicle would you have liked to have seen made it into the cartoon that did not make it into the cartoon? Okay, now this one... As for the evil ones, just because I loved how wicked it looked, I would have loved to have a Fright Fighter. I think you said you didn't have many of the vintage vehicles, so I know you might no. have different choices. But I think that just would have looked so wicked in the cartoon, that big flying bug-looking, you know, creature. Just I, I can picture the wings, you know, flapping, multiple warriors inside that thing, shooting out missiles at the heroic warriors. For the evil... I would have to pick Fright Fighter, no doubt. That's the one I pick. That's my choice. What about you? Mine would be close to that, but I gotta go with Night Stalker. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because hey, we had Stridor. Favorite, favorite vehicle slash steed, period. But Night Stalker is right there because he comes with Jitsu, and they're, they're buddies. Jitsu and Night Stalker are buddies. But just from a, a visual standpoint, Night Stalker is a stunning looking evil warhorse. So, no, yeah. uh, Night Stalker would be my choice. All I right, Skeletor running around. If not Jitsu, see Skeletor, you know, riding around in stride or on the cartoon. Well, heck, if anything could have brought possibly Jitsu back into the cartoon, it could have been Night Stalker. Maybe there could have been a way they could have. So awesome to see Jitsu Filmation Star running around in a, you know, dip, uh, uh, and I'm sure Filmation probably would have just, yeah, li 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 getting tongue tied here, literally recolored the uh, Stridor uh, stock animation that, or the an animation of Stridor. That was in the Origin of the Sorceress episode, which, hell, I'd have been all about that because that's essentially what Night Stalker is anyway. So yeah. uh, that, that would have looked oh, so good. James E. Talk, make that happen. Yeah, let's, make let's that happen, too. Let's see Night Stalker animated in filmation style with the Strider. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. Make that all with Scareglow. Put them both in the same episode. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot that needs have to happen. Have Scareglow riding around a Night Stalker in your Scareglow uh, episode. That's yeah, that would be weird. But... Featuring Lizard Man is the guy who saves the day. Oh, gosh, you had, to, you had to throw him in there. All right. Well, it's now the heroic vehicles. Man, you're putting me on the spot because, I mean, there was... I, I, we did not plan this. I just, I, this all came up to the spur of the moment here. God, there's, there's multiple ones. I, I mean, I have three in my head I know that I just loved playing with, but... Uh, it, you know what? I'm going to break Joe's. Give me two. Give me two. You want two? Okay. Well, then I have to say Blasterhawk. Blasterhawk just because I think it would be a great yin-yang for the Fright Fighter. And because, I mean, I played with that. I love seeing some crazy discs coming out. So it'd be cool to see Blasterhawk not only flying in action, but like he could be even like maybe on top of, let's say, hypothetically, you know, the Palace of Eternia on that little thing to where maybe he could like, you know, rotate. And he could be just there as like a sentry vehicle that could shoot at enemies coming. Or if it need be, he just, you know, engages from that attachment and flies out. So he has multiple uses. So Blasterhawk, uh, those are, uh, it's a two for one in that. But the other one, 
I would, I'd say just Bashasaurus, because I would love to see just that big hammer fist smashing like like a bunch of like let's say Skeletor's robot knights or robot warriors or whatever you want to call them, hoverbots. I know there's many names, but having those things flying and he's smashing, smashing, knocking holes, getting things out of. The, I just think Bashasaurus would look pretty cool. I didn't pick any of the pre-Turnia things or some of the other things like Beam Blast Artillery or any even the like the ones that the attachments they had only in the European releases, but. You know, like Cliff Climber and Scuba Attack. But no, I, I'd have to go with Bashasaurus. Bashasaurus and uh, Blasterhawk. Those are my two choices. Well, being is that uh, they've dabbled in bringing back prehistoric creatures before on, on He-Man, particularly creatures from the Tar Swamp. I, I would love to have seen Bionatop show up. Yeah, okay. Uh, that that would have been... Um, with a Technovirus? It's thing I can go to hell. <laughs> right. God, I swear. I hope to God I do not run into anybody who, you know, is completely, you know, oblivious to, I mean, anything to do with that with the original line, and they picked up those god-awful mini-comics that we were duped into buying, or, or duped into thinking that that storyline was going to be completed, just to find out that this BS technovirus was killing off the dinosaurs and would somehow be infect Hero and cause him to die, too. And you get somehow in the mini comic, he takes a bullet for King Grayskull and dies. So, no, there will be no god awful techno virus. God, I hate that stuff. No. So, my other choice, um, not to be uh, completely uh, dinosaur related, would be Bashasaurus. Yeah. Um, not dinosaur related. We got like a Triceratops like type. No, I know what you mean. I know. What you mean. But, um, yeah, I, I think the Bashasaurus would have looked really cool with see Battle Armor He Man running around with. Uh, you know, destroying you know a a, 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 a massive wall that is, and Skeletor is put up to to keep you know the heroic warriors out from invading a particular village. He's captured or something like that. Man at Arms has come up with the Bashasaurus to to get through any kind of you know barrier on Eternity or something like that. So that I think that would have been pretty cool. That so, would have and, and and all the, I mean it, pretty much any anything that was done in the toy line is 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 all. Should, should have all been shown. I mean, from all the, the scuba attack, the cliff, all that stuff. So anything we did not pick doesn't mean that it, it wouldn't be worth seeing because I have a soft spot for those accessories that were released in Europe anyway because they look so awesome. So Right. But, um, all that. Bla- I mean, the blaster hop would have looked fantastic. The beam, blaster, and artillery. That could have been a whole episode based on the beam, blaster, and artillery. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you could just see Man at Arms coming up with a solution to stop the beam blaster that King Hiss and, and Skeletor have come up with in the, in the depths of Snake Mountain. We've got to come up with some sort of accessory. We need a carrion water crystal to, to harness the power of, of, the, of, the, uh, our, uh, of the beam blaster. Oh, no, excuse me. I got that confused. The artillery created by King Hiss and Skeletor. We need a carrion water crystal to harness the power of the, of the beam blaster here. Which ties in Brave Star. There you go. You did it. You know, I did it again. All right. Yeah. All right. Which is well, both shooting related here. You know, yep. So. so again, all good choices. I was going to say real quick. I just want to say hi to Tom Charlton in the uh, live chat room. He also earlier on he said he jumped in to say Battle Armor He Man was the bomb. He said. He said. Hell yeah. He said I had to come in and comment that. He said it was the coolest. So yeah, we have him, Eric Amon. So. <laughs> 
yeah, we have, like I said, some other people that joined in. So I just want to give a shout out to everybody that was in there. And of course, Paul Rudman said they should have had a, uh, a Battle Armor Hordak uh, variant back for the Vintage line. Yeah, cool. I'd like to, that'd have been interesting to see something along those lines. What would, you know, would it have been black and gold? Yeah, and you know, this is not a plug. You know me and my plugs. I really mean it's not a plug, but believe it or not, I'm actually working on a vintage Battle Armor Hordak for a customer, a vintage one. That is bizarre that he said that. Shut up. That's not a plug for Joe and Joe Amato Custom Creations on Facebook. That sure is not because I've never done that ever on the show. It's a shame we can't have like this nice kind of like going across the screen, you know, go to Joe Amato's VIP MOC Facebook page here for the latest customs. And if you want this, contact, you know, contact the webmaster, this page and this and that. And, you know, it almost like, you know, like a toll free number at the bottom of the screen there, you know, <laughs> that's terrible. A little product placement or even like a little bit like for, for Joe's kids, kind of like Jerry's kids, you know, and Jerry Lewis who passed away just this past week here. But I can say like a telethon, Joe's like, you know, offering all the customs you can stand for donating money to Joe's kids. There, so yeah, so that's yeah, so that a cheap one. I had to do that. Sorry, I had to do a cheap pop. No, no, that no, was, I look forward to saying that now that, now, now that we know that you're doing that. So, yeah, uh, it's my version of a Mick Foley cheap pop right here on Fans of Power. I had to do that. So, we're all about being cheap on this podcast. There you go. I'm the cheapest. So, well, not speaking of cheap stuff, but speaking of good stuff, now we're going to talk about a comic that this one it's one of the Star Marvel ones. It's the hate stones, but you know, reading this comic, it felt not saying that I didn't like all the other ones. I mean, I loved all these comics, Star Marvel ones. You could say there's corny moments, sure there is. There's corny stuff and everything, but in this one in particular, I felt like I was actually watching a filmation episode transitioned into a comic, but with a little bit of an edge because it. You know, when you st when we start describing some of them, we're not going to do it all because you guys, like I said, if you don't have this, believe me, you have to get the Hate Stones. You have to get this. It's issue eight of, yeah, it's an issue nine. I'm sorry, issue nine of the Star Marvel comics. This is a really good story. I mean, there's, like I said, some different characters that pop up in here, characters we've seen before with a different look. But I'll let you start off, Tyler, with your thoughts on the Hate Stones. Uh, uh, I got that from a, a friend of mine who went to my church, Chris Dalton. He had a couple of the star comics and I, I think I traded him for something, I think. And that was one of them he gave me. And, um, I think that was the first time I think, cause I, I remember I told the story before I got the, the issue number two at food line, but I, I think I may have come across the star comics when Chris traded me some stuff. I, I think it's somewhere in there, but anyway, I had that as a kid and, um, I thought it was a really cool uh, comic book. I mean, aside from a lot of filmation, like references like the Royal Palace looks just like filmation. Even um, the dialogue, though, even the dialogue between the characters of what they would call each other, like, you know, with little nicknames, like, you know, little buddy or, you know yeah. what I mean? There's certain just names they called each other. It just felt so filmation like. Yeah, it was, it just, it, it clearly showed they were trying to, you know, really use filmation, which was great to see. I mean, as, as kids, when you see the filmation stuff popping up in the mini comics and the golden books, it was it was awesome. You felt, oh right, yeah, it's just it looks just like King Randor. It looks just like the Royal Palace and so on. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, it was really uh, crazy and awesome to see Driel and Uncle Montork show up. Question, question about those two because it was great to see them. Now. Did you read this comic before seeing them in Filmation, or did you see them in Filmation first? Oh, no, I, I saw them in Filmation. Okay, then you already know what I'm getting at with the quite different look of Uncle Montork and Driel in this comic. 
Yeah. But, well, well, Driel's was was the le- the least. You know, it, it felt like you know what if it's not going to be spot on, I know where they're going with it. Whereas Montauk's looked like he was hanging out with Speedy Gonzalez. He had a sombrero. Sombrero. Clearly, yeah. a sombrero. He's even got the string hanging down, and he's got the uh, bandana around his, his neck and everything. And uh, but I, I, it wasn't something that I felt like. What the hell is this? You know, it was just like you told me it was Uncle Montour. Okay, this but you know, weird. you're right. I mean, I remember when I first seen him, I was like, Uncle Montour. I was like, Where's his glasses? Well, he what looked awfully this? angry too. I'm like, Wow, man, he looked. He looks, you know, quite. It was just you know, so different. Like I said, I mean, he has a sombrero, had a different colored, uh, you know, outfit from the part you seen because you didn't see all of them, but you didn't see glasses. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think he had glasses, so he was very no. odd. So he struck me as okay, but then I was like, okay, well, I guess a variant, if you will. Driel, even though she was different, I was like, okay, it's still Driel. I feel it because she was different because now she has boobs. She, she has, I guess, a, a typical. <laughs> Don't go, go, go for not not the the the, the Southern Belle. You know, she, had hat, like, yeah. she had biggins as Al Bundy. <laughs> Biggins, littlins, in between. Which is probably why Orko was quite stunned when he saw her. He's like, he doesn't know what to say. He's like, he's like, what? Hey. What I no, need but... right now is a slice of pizza in one hand and one of them greasy hooters in the other. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it was a children moment. But no, I mean, no doubt that is the first thing that really was. I know she had that Southern Belle hat. She came with a, stere- a stereotypical purse. I was like, purse? Really? You gave her a purse? But the boobs were very noticeable. But yes, you could really understand. Okay, I get it. It's Driel. Yeah. She still had basically the same colored outfit. So I'll let you keep flowing with that. Like I said, we won't do every part of it because we don't want to root for people who maybe haven't read this yet, but we'll just touch a couple of parts here and there. Yeah, I mean, I, that that was all cool. And, um, you know, the Horde showing up, and it was, uh, I mean, the, the Horde, I thought, look, looked quite well visually. Um, you have the new character, uh, Lieutenant Andra. Andre? Andra? I'd say Andra. I would say Andra. Andra. I'd say Lieutenant Andra. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, as a kid, I thought, who is this character? Like, is, is this part of the mythology? And... Um, which I thought she was a fine character. It, it's, it's, it, I, I found her to be, you know, she kind of was like doing what Tila does, so to speak. Except, um, you know, she wasn't being a, um, you know, a sandy vagina, so to speak. She <laughs> was just getting her job done. You could almost feel like Tila would get a sandy vagina because this girl's just come in and getting a medal of honor for her work uh, in the Icelands. Something it was like the Iceland. I think it was the Iceland. Yes. Yeah, the Iceland. I mean, she, um, yeah, she's a strong character. She's strong. Yes, she's a strong and able. character who uses a blaster, and you know what? Yeah. Um, it, she makes a great figure. She would make a great she, figure. I, that's what I thought too, and I, I, I could, I, I would be absolutely behind Super Seven doing a figure of her. You know, I, I you know, we we've gotten a lot of female characters. You know, particularly from the Shira series, which you know, even you know. With the full horseman's touch, you can only make Perfuma look, you know, can't really look her, make her look like a a, a badass. But but Lieutenant, no. not not no offense to Sheer fans of that. No, I know what you mean. I mean it's just but but Lieutenant Andrew, I mean I would love to put her on the shelf with the rest of the heroic warriors because she she looks like a um, I mean she is from visually she looks like a a a a woman a a strong woman from that era. She doesn't have a a very uh, striking design by any means, but she looks like a cool, tough woman with a cool name. And and to have another female who works for the royal palace as a as a lieutenant in the in the um, you know the royal guard, you know it's 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 branching out and showing that you know what not just Tila 
You know, it's not just it's not just one girl. Here's another one. And she's getting honored for her for her valor and duties, you know, in battle. So it's uh, it's and a great. Tila, you know, yeah, they kind of like show that Tila and her knew each other early on, and and it's not like they butted heads. That's why I didn't like. I mean, you'll see like an issue of a one time Tila telling her to stay back while Tila wants to do something. But yeah. Of course, you know, Lieutenant Andrew comes to save Tila, and Tila still says, "Okay, you know, you might be written up for that, or you know, I'll report to you about that." But it it didn't seem like they were button heads. There wasn't like egos between them two, which I liked. Now, I if this was in filmation, these two girls would be butting heads until the very end when they wrap it things up and realize they have to work together to get the job done. That they can't think that you know I'm better than she is because Tila could do this better than me, but Andre can do this better than I can. And then become the best of friends at the end of the story. And Adam doesn't see any action from either one of them because they're going to go have a girls' night or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, leaves leaves Adam pitching a tent like, man, God, I'm I'm not going to get either one of these girls at the end of this episode here. <laughs> but yeah, but what you've seen in this, like I said, in this episode, I mean, how it starts, you know, uh, Andrew, she's being uh, honored for her work. She get, becomes lieutenant through all this. There's somebody that's watching the palace. Obviously, yes, it's going to end up being Hordak, and he uses. Um, his war, what was it called? The war machine? Oh, Jesus. It's, it's called the war sled or the war. Um, God, I'm a moron. I can't believe it. Uh, war. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a war. it's such a simple name, but it, it's, it's, it works. Like it, well, he uses this machine to get to attack the palace. Within that happening, the walls start crumbling down. As they're crumbling down, Driel, I think, actually saved Oracle and pushed him out of the way. Yeah. She gets smashed under a rock. As she's smashed under this rock, she starts disappearing. And Orko is under the impression that she's just died. She faded away and disappeared. And Orko snaps. I mean, Orko snaps. He's like, you know, he wants to get Hordak. I mean, he's he's in a different state of mind that you normally wouldn't see. As he gets out of the palace, you see as he's wanting and hating to get Hordak. If I'm not mistaken, this is how I took it, and I bet you I'm wrong. I'm sure I'm wrong. But how I looked at that as a kid, it looks like they then showed Central Tower from the Three Towers. And it's like maybe there's something, some weird force that is wanting to grant Orko something that could help him destroy Hordak. And that's this amulet. It's one of the, you know, it's one of the hate stones that'll grant him power to actually become the most powerful being on Eternia. And it, of course, corrupts Orko's mind. And all Orko is thinking about is destroying and killing Hordak. I don't think they use the word killing or death in this, but yeah. you basically understand what he wants well, to do. Well, it's like on the cover, like, if you destroy Hordak, you destroy yourself. So it's, it's implying, yes, it's in a matter of speaking, killing Hordak. Yeah, so he's off to the races to go find uh, Hordak and kill him. And, of course, that's when Tila's going to go out and seek, and I think her and Andrew go out to then find maybe where Orko's at, while, of course... He-Man and Man-at-Arms say they're going to find somebody that maybe will help them. And it's the sorceress who tells them the story and the legend about the hate stones. And that there's kind of some options here. The options are you could let Orko kill Hordak. And if he kills Hordak, he's getting rid of the biggest threat right now on Eternia. Because this wasn't even... I mean, not that Skeletor doesn't exist in this universe, but he wasn't mentioned in this issue, if you will. But they're just saying basically the threat of Hordak. But so it, you it, could it, let it, one of the three biggest threats on Eternia right now, and two is better than three, so. Exactly. So it's like, all right, you could actually let him kill Hordak, or you could save Orko from doing that. You know, save him, get rid of those hate stones, and of course, obviously Hordak's going to be spared. He ain't going to be killed. So, of course, He-Man has to, you know, of course He-Man makes the right choice. He ain't going to let Orko kill Hordak. So that's when, you know, you're getting some of the filmation morals, but 
just the tone of this felt a lot more serious. You know, maybe it's because I'm not hearing the slapstick music or something. I don't know, but how it's drawn to, it's drawn a little more serious. So, you know, you felt like you're really seeing Oracle like you've never seen him before. And you were almost under the impression that he was really going to hurt him. Does he get him? Does he ever shoot him in this? I won't say. I don't know. But go ahead. Some more thoughts from you, Tyler. Oh, no. I mean, I could see this being done as a filmation episode, too, you know, where, you know, uh, I mean, we've seen, you know, uh, moments of, um, I'm trying to think on the top of my head, mm, maybe not necessarily with Orko, but or just like you think of uh, the Search episode where He-Man, you know, gets a hold of Star Seed and the evil starts tempting him. I think to do that with Orko and filmation would, would make a very, I mean, you see Larry Dettelio writing a fantastic episode about that very thing. We're dealing with Trollins here after all. Um, and, or Robbie London. Yeah. Yeah. I, I take that back. Robbie London. Cause he, um, he, uh, did some of the, the, the Trollin based episode. Well, not, not just him. Never mind. Anyway, it could <laughs> be like written by a lot of the Douglas Booth, Larry Dettelio, Robbie London, Paul Danny, so on and so forth. Anyway, it, that that could be made to a very good episode with Uncle Montork and Driel. It's a season two episode, or maybe season three, to where we would actually see the Horde, you know, crossover to uh, even though well a full season three, not the the technical season three that was broken up into a, a third season for F Man episodes. Or you know what, it could be done in the Shiver cartoon. Where, because Uncle Montork and Andriel do show up in the Shira card. I'm sure, a lot of back and forth. I just wish it could have had the feel of season one, Masters of the Universe. Yeah, but then, like, that, that's what that, that, that's that's what I was going for. Is that if we I mean, if they went to go visit on e, on Etheria, and of course Hordak attacks the villas that they're visiting at and causes all this destruction. Montork and Orko, you know, they're they're fighting and trying to stop. Andriel gets caught in in, the, in an avalanche, and they think she's dead. I can see Orko being completely traumatized and just broken hearted. And tempted by this object out in far deep in the whispering woods, you know, on the outskirts of it, something the horde is not even aware of, gets a hold of it, and and it, you know is consumed with going to the fried zone and goes there and single-handedly destroys destructo tanks, you know, smacks around Grizzlord, Leech, and Mantana, yes. is going all the way to the throne room, and Sheba's got to go in there and, and, and get you know Montor. It's like you can't do it. Much like there, I know what I was thinking. Jesus, I can't believe I forgot this. The Return of Orko's Uncle, where Orko is is you know brainwashed by Azrog to kill uh, Montork. We'd see something similar to that. The, like, yeah, when he rises up with evil eyes, destroying the whole place, like he's batting away Shadow Weaver, you know, and just making Hordak's throne just crumble at his feet, you know. And just, wasn't that when he rose up, like you know, with that broken wall? And they showed him in the shadows, and his yeah, eyes were kind of demonic. his eyes are lit up, and he's like this, and Azrock just, you know, yeah. How, oh, you know what's funny? It's it. funny you say that because this has a moment where he looks psychotic too. See, here's another thing that happens in this. There's other cool moments, you know, like when I was speaking of Leech earlier and Draining Powers. There's a part in this where Man at Arms uses this kind of like you know bomb that's like a bomb that puts up a force field. It's like yeah. a force shield bomb. And oh, that, that looked so weird to me as a kid because I, I I wasn't really reading the story that well. I kept thinking, what the hell's wrong with this picture? Why are all these lines in front of the horde right here? Yeah, until you hear Hordak, he tells Grizzlor, 
drain that shield's power. So it's cool to see that beyond, you know, he tells Leech that beyond Leech, you know, touching people and draining them of their powers, he can sit there and drain the power of that force yeah. field to take it down. So I like that. I like that there's a part where, you know, Mantena, I, I, I can't remember who he just blasted. He blasted somebody. I think it might have been, maybe it was Lieutenant Andrew towards the beginning, blasted her in the back when he was going to take her on the yeah. ship. So you see, again, Mantena's always accomplishing something. But what I liked was, it was towards the end of this issue and you guys even me saying it when you read it it's still so cool it's where hordak is telling basically like grizz i mean uh leech mantana you say grizzlord you know go take care of oracle so you know hordak can do whatever he has to do but you see oracle blast open like a part of that ship and he's in an opening almost like in that episode like said with azrog <laughs> Mantana's there, and I think Oracle basically is like, you know, you know, where's Hordak, or I'm gonna take care of you. However, he says it, and Mantana's like, basically in a way saying, uh, make a left, go down that hall, go up them stairs, you'll find him, and I'm, and he's gone. I loved it. That, that now that and I can like, see of Mantana doing that very thing. Yes, yeah. exactly. Now that felt the hell out of funny. Dodge. It felt funny filmation, but also it worked in. Oh my god, my power's going on my, my, my thing. Wait a second. What? Wait, it's fading. I have the power hooked up, but it's going off. I'm going to have to switch over to something for the last couple minutes. Your audio's still going. You just don't have a visual. Okay, well, hey, if I'm still there, good. I, I don't know why. You're still the... here. You're, you're not, you haven't gone anywhere, and your audio still sounds fine. Okay. I guess Joe's audio is, is, is actually gone right now. So, uh, well, um, well... I'll deal with this dead air here at the moment here. Um, uh, I'm kind of trying to figure out how to, how to finish out this because uh, he was just making some good point. But it's it's a solid, solid star comic. I mean, really, from beginning to end, it's one of the better ones. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot of really bad ones. I mean, they do take some liberties with character alliances and stuff like that. But they're still fun comics. This is definitely one of the better ones. Joe? I'm hold on. Okay, we Can have visual me? and audio. Yes. Okay, I'm back in whatever some crazy form. I was form. drowning in the dead I had, air. My I was thing trying to come up with something. Like, power. I don't know why that drained, but hey, you lost me for a couple seconds, but at least I'm back for the end of the show. So go ahead, like Tyler. For when Wayne leaves the set, leaves Garth like live on TV. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, so uh, hey, how about this? Like, did you ever see that movie Scanners? <laughs> you know, when the guy's head blows up, and I'm like, uh, boom. <laughs> okay, well, I'm back. Sorry about that, everybody, that I uh, popped and disappeared. So go ahead. What were you saying, Tyler, before? All I'm uh, saying was that, yeah, that, that it, it's a solid star comic. It's one of the better uh, of the series, even though there aren't really any offensive ones, even though the, the, you know some liberties are taken with who's on what side and stuff like that. But overall, the star comics themselves, as we said before, they're fun, fun comic books featuring characters that were available uh, in toy stores at the time, and this is one of the better ones. It's a, it it's was. not, doesn't really come off as a big commercial uh, comic book. This is more about a story because you got a new uh, uh, female character, uh, heroic character at that, using filmation characters that were not available to buy in stores, right. and the basic group of the evil horde. Yeah, you're right. You weren't. It, they weren't shoving the vehicles down your throat. It wasn't like the newest character coming out. This really felt like it could have made a, a fantastic filmation episode, yeah. whether with serious tones or even, of course, if they sillied it up. But 
this would have been perfect. That's why I said this is one of the better ones. You guys have to get, you know, issue nine of this, the Hate Stones. This is a really good one. It's it's not one of the harder ones to find, too, unlike the last two issues of the series and the movie adaptation. Most of the series, well, I think uh, issue eight, I think it's issue eight. It's got Ninja or Fake or Fake or Faker and Clan. <laughs> and Scareglow and Blastag, that one's a bit hard to find, but I don't I don't think issue number nine is, is, is one of the harder ones to find, I don't think, if, if, if you're interested in purchasing a copy of it. And yeah. you can read it online for free, too, if you want, but it's it's a solid comic book. I If you don't have it and you, you like to collect everything or you're into the comic books and stuff, it's one to pick up, for sure. Oh, it's definitely worth a purchase. I mean, they all are, but this is really <laughs> one of the better written stories and the art isn't something that hurts your eyes. It's, no. it's, it's drawn really well. So, yeah, pick that up. And then hopefully someday we'll get these all in the volume, two, along with other stuff. Maybe we can get a book with these comics, hopefully. That and the unwritten comic book that James C. Talk, I think, has got. I don't know how much he's got of it, but he showed, you know, samples of it for in Serial Geek where I think it's uh, uh, War and Peace was the name of it. And it's, it's got He-Man fighting uh, the Batmex in his movie outfit, slicing one of them in half. I'm like, dear God, man, we got He-Man in his movie outfit fighting the whole, where the hell's the rest of the story? Yeah, especially with you, you know how much you love that. I mean, God, you have something with the movie version looking uh, at We got a lot of demands for, for Mr. Etoc on this episode here. He needs to get on it here. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. Like I said, get on, talk about that, talk about, heck, I think that he's coloring the version. I don't know if he'll have versions available anywhere else for purchase, but what was yeah, the clear Terror Island mini comic, yeah, all colors and everything is gonna be. About That's it. great. I wonder, I wonder who colored that up. I, I don't know who colored it up, but I'm sure they'll make it look just like they did for the vintage ones in the same style. I'm assuming. I think the guy who drew that. I think also drew uh, the the Flying Fist mini comic. I think he also drew. I think because I believe it's the same artist who who had done some of them. I think even Eye of the Storm, uh, maybe even the Rio Blast, uh, uh, Fastest Straw in the Universe mini comic as well. I think. Um, all right. Now, what was before we close it up, what, you were having some like kind of cool idea, maybe a, a thing we could do, maybe every once in a while for an episode of like you know maybe trying to convince the other of why something is good or why is something bad, and maybe judging her. What, what were you thinking? You were spitballing something that could be yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun. Me and Joe get into debates, and I, I, I thought about this idea for like a something we would do every so often, which would be taking this like maybe a, doesn't necessarily have to be a controversial thought or idea about Master Universe last year or whatever, but where Joe would be the prosecutor and I would be the sleazy public defender like John Larroquette on Night Court, you know, or vice versa, where Joe can be the sleazy public defender and I'm the prosecutor. But the point is we put a particular topic on trial and argue about why this is not as bad and the other is pretty much saying, no, 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 that that deserves to be denounced. That's not a very, you know, legitimate part of mythology, or I think it's poorly done or poorly visualized, or, you know what, it has no business uh, being part of Master of the Universe. Or you say, no, 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 this is why it needs to be a part of it. So uh, we, we're just kind of tossed around that because it, it's fun. We don't have them too often, but it would, it would be fun if we decided to take a segment um, ever so often and just have a great debate. And um, we're thinking for something like this, too. We need, like, a, a possibly, like, a, a third party. Maybe, like, like, a judge or something? Yeah, like a judge, you know. And so we were, we were, we were thinking about, you know, our, our, our old friend, uh, Danielle. 
Yeah, Danielle, she could be judged. She could judge. Because if we if we if we got her to come on and be the judge, we could call the segment "My Cousin Penny." (laughs) You know, and and you know what? It 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 could even be just like the movie "My Cousin Penny," where it gets nominated for an Oscar, and we could even you know have this segment adapted into a movie. We get Anne Hathaway to play the part of Penny, who is this conflicted judge with a sandy vagina set against the background of LeBron James' decision of 2010. You know, I'm ready to naked gun 33 and a third when I, I kind of come up with that little uh, um, idea. But uh, uh, just for fun, it'd be, be cool to have her on to do like a, a an acting judge on the show, like with you and me are sitting there, you know, going at each other like, like two angry dogs or something like that over, you know, um, any of the topics of uh, why you think Ray Skull is not as bad, and of course I'm ready to throw the book at you on something like that. And like she's there to you know honor, you know, offer a, a verdict. I see the people know. in the chat room probably being like all on Tyler's yeah, side. That would probably. be cool too. I would love to incorporate people in the chat room because they could the be jury. the jury. Yeah, so I said the, t- the people in the chat room be like the jury, and I could probably see them mostly usually always agree with Tyler because you have a better way of speaking to the point. And I sound like the lunatic. I'm probably like the stuttering guy in my cousin. And you're like, ladies yeah, and ladies gentlemen, and gentlemen. Tipton. It's like, ah. We can do so many My Cousin Vinny references, and we have to call the segment. If we got Daniel, we'd have to call it My Cousin Penny. But that would be so much fun to get, you know, to let people know if you're in the chat room, you are giving the verdict. Like, what, 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 you guys decide is what goes. And then as they're all listening, they're like, Ernest, and Ernest goes to jail, like chewing on a pen. You're like, really? I'm making this big decision here? And then they start, you know, you know what happens. He ends up breaking the pen in his mouth and starts wiping his face with paper and chews on it and everything. I love Ernest goes to jail. It's a funny movie. Well, and by the way, uh, when I got zapped out of this and had come to the computer, uh, Paul Rudman said, I got hit by the diamond ray of disappearance. So, yeah, it happened, and I, I went away for a second, but I had to come back. Yeah, so, he went to another dimension. I, ha- I had to break the diamond ray, and then Joe pops right up. There you go. That's what me. happened. Thanks. I appreciate it. So. Yeah, I like that, Paul. That's cool. All right. But well, to, yeah, if people are interested in, in this, uh, which we, we hope to get together, and, of course, we don't want to just throw in anything, you know, just to, for the sake of doing it. Um, but uh, we we definitely would like to get people's thoughts on that. If you have like something you would want us to to debate in this uh, you know uh, courtroom, uh, you know attorney of law, uh, then uh, you know let us know. You know don't just uh, listen to it and think that sounds cool and then not send anything at all. If well, like I always say, I mean they're part of the show. I mean they're fans. Yeah, of the that's what we want people. We don't want people just to. You know, I think it's a pleasant thought when we when we're we're talking on the podcast, saying we want people's involvement. Like, we're not just making this up. We're no, not I just love that. When they I, say we stuff. want people to send us a message on Facebook Messenger or email or whatever, and say, "I love for you guys to debate." You know, I try to involve. Like I said, I, I as many of the messages I see, I may miss some here and there, but any of the questions, any of the comments, I always will try to like. Like I said, acknowledge, bring them into the show. Like I said, because they are part of the show. That's a. It's we're all fans of power. That's why I love that. I love when they're involved in the show. Yeah. So, yeah. And and even, even if you if you're not if you're listening to this after we've excuse me recorded, you know we want you to come to the chat room as well. Or if you're listening and you're like, you know what, I got a subject I love to see debated. Send it to us. You know we we th- this is something we 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 have to have fan involvement with. I mean, me and Joe could probably come up with a few things to debate about. But it'd be more fun to get this going that we get fan participation, and that you know what, even if it's 
we get one topic to debate or 10, it would be nice to know that people want us to, because we want them to be a part of it as well. You know, we could even come up with some sort of, you know, goofy, like a uh, uh, court case description, you know, you know, on January, 1984 or January, 1985, you know, Stinko was left out of the formation cartoon, you know, because of, you know, they thought he would be a fart joke. Well, in today's court case, we're going to find out whether or not Stinkor really should have been depicted in the Filmation series two, you know, episode or something like that, you know. And it Joe would say, you know, by God, it's it's an atrocity. He should never have been in the cartoon. He should never have been. I don't think Joe would ever see never be created. But it's almost like you know, typically, you know, I would if I was given the the role of like the process or the, the the public defender or the defense attorney. Excuse me, not public defender. I'm using that too much. Not public defender, defense attorney. You know, where I'm like, you know what? Now you probably, I could see why I have to legitimately try to convince why it probably wouldn't have been a good idea, even though in my own mind, yes, it would have been a perfect idea to have Stinker on the cartoon. But, but hopefully it would be something along the lines that, you know what? Something that, you know what? Joe feels strongly about it and I feel differently the other way. That would be the goal, you know? Because that we really yeah, could get a good enough. debate going, and then and then you know Daniel had to slam slam her gavel down, shut the hell up, you know. Yep, a lot of different ideas, topics. Like I said, we can always involve you. Anything else you guys can think of, we can do. So, well, that pretty much wraps it up. So before we you know close it off, Nuclear Man, is that who you are? Was that on your shirt or whatever? Hey, I'm all I, you know. I, you know, I'm all ready to destroy Superman. All right. Well, what do you have to close? What do you got to say? A uh, recommendation uh, is a kind of a throwback to the previous episode is uh, checking out the Brave Star series. If you are uh, someone who is aware of Brave Star but never watched the cartoon, you remember the toys or you remember the cartoon or you don't know much about them, uh, the episodes are, I think, for the most part, all available on YouTube. And if you're going to watch it, watch the, the, uh, the Brave Star movie, um, which is about an hour and a half. Um, it gives you the origins of Brave Star, the origin of Tex Hex, and sets up the big battle over, uh, you know, uh, New Texas. Um, introduces Stampede, who is uh, who Tex Hex answers to, and pretty much sets up all the, the essential players like Tex Hex's henchmen, Brave Star's buddies, and all that stuff too. So uh, that, that's my recommendation: is uh, giving the Brave Star series a chance, and 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 see for yourself why we think that would be such a great crossover with He Man. Okay. All right. That's no, I mean, that'd be fantastic. Cause like I said, that we were talking about it last week and you can see it on YouTube. So definitely catch it on YouTube. And before I say my closing things, I was just going to say to Paul Rudman, he gave a debate topic, which is a good one that we maybe we can do next week or whatever you want. He said, which filmation series should the snake men have appeared in? He-Man or She-Ra? So we'll save that for next week or an upcoming episode. I like that topic. We'll definitely cover that, Paul, so thank you. And uh, JSP just want to say he has a Brave Star series, and he has the pilot movie on DVD, so uh, awesome. Good man, good man. So, All right, well, let me just say what I always say. Go to fansofpower.com, go to popculturenetwork.com, go to hemanworld.com, and on Facebook, go to Masters of the Universe, He-Man and She-Ra Ultimate Fan Group. All great places, all great people. So until next time, have a powerful day. How do you feel? I'm nervous. It takes a lot to scare me. I love the sensation. Damn, I don't want to be stumped. I don't want to be stumped. Uh, Damn it. And when I say it, he's going to be, you should have known that, Joe. Damn it. I, 
Uh, you're not going to know this quote. I bet, I bet most people who are listening to this podcast are not going to know this quote. Do you want to leave that? Hey, wait, don't even say the answer. Let's see if somebody can figure that out and send it in maybe during on Facebook or somewhere where we promote it. See if they know the answer because I don't know that one. Hold that one off. Yeah, you know, I will hold that one off. If someone can can uh, guess it, uh, put it in a comment section on YouTube or on one of the Facebook uh, posts we do or send it to me in Messenger and uh, I'll promote the hell out of you for, for figuring out what that quote was because if you do, I'm like, I want to shake your hand because it's a, it's a kick-ass quote from a kick-ass actor playing a kick-ass villain in a kick-ass movie. So, uh, I, I'd like to shake their hand too because, like I said, there's no way in the world I know what that is. And if they know it, then more power to them, definitely. Absolutely. So we look forward to next week and, uh, you know, we got, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, be back here next, next Sunday, the same bat time and same bat channel as always. And, uh, have right. some more action to debate. All right. Sounds good. So take it easy guys. And thanks for joining us. Later. <laughs>